Jesse, they you're rubbish. And a big ginger sausage. And nobody listens to you because Brit is awesome. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Thalamore. Everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 638 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page. We are back after you had... It was your turn. It was yeah. your turn to possibly be scammed by the dentist. I'm just kidding. You had a very positive experience. I did not have a positive. I mean, it was positive from the aspect of getting scammed. Yes, yes. Well, I don't want to malign the I'm dentist. I'm still in fucking pain, man. Any more than we already have for no reason yeah. is what I'm getting at. But you <laughs> <laughs> you had like a 4 hour Maybe even longer. I'm not sure. Dentist appointment. Yeah. I think it was right at four hour. And it wasn't supposed... That wasn't the plan. That was not the plan. Am I correct? No, of course that wasn't the plan. So you went in and you were going to get a cleaning and then two... Crowns. Crowns. Possibly get two crowns. Okay. Look into the possibility of it happening. And if they could do it that day, great. If you got a good deal. If you got hooked up. I actually said the phrase to him, don't don't go breaking my balls, man. <laughs> I did I said that phrase to him. Very nice. And I don't think I said don't try to break my balls. I think yeah. I said we'll see what kind of agreement we can come to on the price. Mm-hmm. But don't break my balls. Who knew that dentistry was like buying a car? It was like a car salesman interaction. You could talk someone down. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I, I'm assuming they didn't bring me their rich guy prices after that. <laughs> but uh, I didn't try to haggle once they showed me the price. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's that's reasonable. Well, good. But you you were in the chair for so long because you had agreed to the crowns and yeah, once you right. came to that agreement the work began and you could not be numbed. Yeah. Uh, this has never happened to me before. They they numbed the top, he numbed the top, he numbed the bottom, you know, jamming me with the elephant needle. Um and then Went away, you know, to let it take effect for a while. Right. Comes back, starts to work on the bottom, Uh and it's like lightning shooting through my body. I mean, he hit the nerve. Yeah, it makes me anxious when you even say that phrase, because I know what that feels like, and it is some of the worst pain that we can experience. Oh, yeah. He's fucking drilling into my goddamn tooth, and he hits the nerve. It's horrifying. Okay. And then, uh, so he's like, oh, well, that's not numb yet. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, you think? Yeah. That's not numb yet. So what we'll do, we'll just start working on the top one. Great. So he, you know, digs in there, drills, 
not just mutilating the tooth, you know. <laughs> and uh, some of the noises that you hear at the dentist are also not pleasant. Also, when you're tasting burnt enamel yeah, or it's what not it good. is, the smells, the sounds. Well, the other thing is, I get paranoid. <laughs> Fucking, I'm such an idiot. I get paranoid that I'm like. The, the the numbness is going to affect the swallowing. So then I'm very anxious about sw- being able to continue to swallow. Yeah, it's a high stress under situation. Under my own power. It's a high stress situation. So I start like swallowing, but then the, the, the dental tech or whatever her profession is, you know, the mm-hmm. helper, the yeah. assistant, uh-huh. I'm sure she's a highly trained professional. She's got two suction things. One is like a fucking Dyson vacuum, just just sucking up all the debris that's getting drilled away from my burnt-ass tooth. Yeah. And then the other is more gentle that she puts in my mouth and says, go ahead and close your mouth, and then it sucks all that stuff out. But I'm such a fucking paranoid weirdo that at one point, I close my mouth around the fucking Dyson sucker, mm-hmm. and it's like, terrible. Yeah, it sounds like it. So it was you, terrible. So, so anyway, you couldn't get numb though. Is the point? They tried several times. Well, no, yeah. So here I'm getting to that part of it. So he finishes the work on the top, goes to what should be a totally numb tooth, and fucking it's like lightning in my mouth. So he gets the dental hygienist to come in mm-hmm. and do her special training thing. Still doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So he does another thing where he oh, well, there's this one spot I can do that doesn't work. He goes to lunch and comes back, says, oh, I looked at one of my textbooks. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, there's this bone shelf of bone or something. And he's going under that. All right. So anyway, for four hours, my mouth is like crammed, just wide open with them working in it. And uh, it's fucking still very, very sore. So anyway... No crown, Mm -hmm. didn't put a crown in. Because they couldn't get you numb. It just did not happen. Never could get me numb. He also consulted with a colleague, you said. That's right. He called a buddy. Yeah. And uh, just never could get it done. Never at one point was my tooth numb enough to do the work. So It's a scary scary thought. I wonder how often this happens. Why does it happen? It's kind of freaky that there was no explanation for why it happens. (laughs) I mean... mean, What's next step is general anesthesia, right? I I guess. You gotta knock me out. Mm Mm-hmm. I was already watching the fucking impeachment hearing on TV. You'd think that would have put me to sleep. You know what they should have put on for you is that great Hayden Christensen film where... Life is a house. (laughs) No, 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 no. That boring ass bullshit. The one where he goes into surgery and they like oh, give him... Oh, like, he's out, but he's awake? Yes, that one. They should yeah. have put that on for you. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah, that would have so been So anyway, great. they didn't put a crown on. You notice I, call it, I called it a great Hayden Christensen film. Film, mm-hmm. yeah. Film. Yes. You call everything a film. Yes, I do. <laughs> so I don't have a crown on this tooth. He just fi- he just put like a he filled it like a filling. Yeah, yeah. So you're in pain. You're not doing well. Yeah. We had to delay the show. Un- so, unexpected. Yeah. Five hour whatever appointment. And still in a lot of pain. Still in a lot of pain. But people were really wondering: Did the dentist ask about me? He did. He did. He well, he didn't really ask. He said, "Yeah." Brittany's not real happy with me. Mm-hmm. I said, "Ah, yeah, you know." I said, "I said, you know, the other, the the, the more weird, problematic thing about that <laughs> nice, was uh, nice segue was uh, 
That was an anonymous survey she took, and so it was a little surprising and disconcerting Correct. to receive a call mm-hmm. based on the anonymous survey, and he was uh, a little freaked out by that. That's obviously not the way it's supposed to be. I think what happens is these dentist office, they buy software packages and shit, yeah. so they don't know the full width and breadth of how the thing works. And uh, he didn't know that that's what would happen. He didn't know that that was supposed to be. He gave me some rambling answer about mm-hmm. how it's something so no one can see your records or something. But uh, still, you thought it was anonymous and he shouldn't have known who it was. Yeah. But, but it, he could tell you were not happy. Yeah. Well, So. can't wait for my next appointment. <laughs> Super excited. Hey. Can hardly wait. He was okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he is. <laughs> he got a boat payment. He got a boat payment. <laughs> he Listen, he didn't get as much of a boat payment from me because he had to work like fucking five times as hard to get the money. He had to make up for it. He felt bad. He yeah. felt guilty. Yeah. Really had to put the work in this Or time. maybe he's so mad that he was not even trying <laughs> just taking to... taking it out on you. He's not even trying to deaden my tooth. Yeah. He's just fucking doing torture moves on me well i had a dentist one time call me a liar because i was in a similar situation where i I was a kid and i was getting uh, a filling and they had given me four shots and it still was hurting me and he called me a liar Hmm. i told i told our dentist Mm -hmm. the story about when i was in fifth grade yeah and I whimpered while getting the shot to numb me. Mm-hmm. And the, the dentist, it was in Missouri, like Mansfield, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And the dentist says to me, quit being a little girl. Mm-hmm. I, then I told my dentist, I said, that happened now. It's toxic masculinity. I said I would get up and choke a person. Um, that made him a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> Why do you think it made him uncomfortable? I don't know that I'm a big guy and mm, he's standing over me no. and I might just get up and choke him. No, 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 no. I think it's because it's something an unstable person says. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I think. I said if that were to happen now, yeah. I would do something about it. Mm, that's not what you said. You said that if someone said something, you would choke them. No. Yes. If I'm in a chair yeah. and someone treats me like that, I may just get up and choke them. Okay. Yeah. Seems pretty stable to me. It doesn't. It really does not. Uh, pretty stable. Not a way to handle problems as an adult. So can I talk about a gift that I received in the mail? Let's can per- we, let's can do we, that. Can we please? For the love of God, Can we please, please move on? Yes. Let's uh, move on to a stable topic. Went to the, hmm, went to the, the P.O. <laughs> box the other day. And we had a little surprise. Which is our favorite thing yeah, a little to treat. experience a little at the treat P.O. Box. That you're probably not going to enjoy too much. Why? Well, because it's like a premium chili flake. It's like hot stuff. Uh, excuse me. Do I not eat spice? Of course you do, but it's not your thing. Okay. How much more capable am I at handling spice compared to most people who try to eat your food? More than anybody I know. Correct. I mean, there's only like like, like maybe a handful of people in my life over the course of my life that are that can even handle it more than me. So, so. Don't, don't count me out. Don't count me I'm out. Not counting you also, out. Also, I did the one chip challenge right along with your ass. Oh yeah, you ate three of them. And if only it was just us that had done it. But so <laughs> we we uh, we did the one chip challenge, and it was not great. But I will say the way that the short film i'm gonna call it 
<laughs> the way the short film was fil- filmed makes it seem like I took a drink of my milk very early on, which I did not. I did not. I went to pick it up, and then I was like, no, you can't do that this early on. I put it back oh, down. because it was multicam. Yeah, because there was a clip of me picking it up, but that first time I go to pick it up was not the first drink yeah, that I yeah, took. Yeah, yeah, Anyway, we got spicy, delicious chilies. years ago. So anyway, yeah, it's like chili, you know, chili flake, you go to the... You go to like uh, the the pizza restaurant. They got mm-hmm. the chilies there. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing, except like this one has jalapeno, ghost, arbol, habanero. Oh, nice. The the other one, um, like a bunch of green chilies, jalapeno, sandia, hmm. which is a New Mexico chili, big Jim, habanero. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so from, it's artisan Eric, chili flakes. Yeah, from uh, Eric in in Oklahoma. Very nice. Fucking fantastic, man. Yeah. I'm going to devour these. Is this a secret Santa situation or is this just a a gift? A lovely gift? No, because the secret Santa that's being done, this this just got assigned. This was days ago. He could just be really on top of it. Like Maybe the, the, he is. The and day. Is, am, is this a spoiler or something? I don't know. Am I spoiling something? No, I'm concerned. Huh. I think we've ruined everything. I think everyone's holidays <laughs> are ruined. ruined everything. Yeah possible hmm. well let's let's move on from having ruined everything and, and do some listener communication mm-hmm. and then we'll just uh get into the show i got a bunch to cover welcome back we're happy to be back after thanksgiving thank you to everybody who uh who participated we got um, a lot of awesome awesome feedback yeah, it was on that great. it was really moving to a lot of people so we really do appreciate each and every one of you who took time out of your day to record the things for which you're thankful it meant so much to so many people and if you showed vulnerability and you really went in it we appreciate that so so much cuz that is what really really speaks to people so thank you for thank you for playing along absolutely all right let's get to some listener communication Hi, guys. It's Mike, the other mailman from Hershey, Trumpelvania. Hey, I just wanted to let you know, Jess, uh, your math's a little off on Jeff Bezos. 10% of $100 billion is $10 billion, not $100 million. Uh, the dude could literally give everybody in this country a million dollars and not even notice it. He's such a douchebag. It just pisses me off to no extent. Anyway... Brittany may be the best part. Popeye's a close second, but Jess, you're my favorite ranger. Love you, buddy. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Well, that's good. Bye. And I, I don't remember my math being. I don't. I don't remember specifically what he's referencing. Well, he's referencing uh, how you didn't make a calculation correctly. You didn't calculate something appropriately. I think that's what he's. Referencing. I understand what he's claiming. <laughs> I don't remember the very the first the the the. I don't remember what he's talking about. Well, we love this because it's important that we correct ourselves, and I'm certainly not going to be the one to correct you on a on a on mouth math. math situation. So, <laughs> or uh, a mouth situation. Did I say mouth? At first, you did. Yeah, I feel like I said said math. I don't know. I. <sighs> Also, you'll never have a chance to correct me in a meth situation. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's meth, happening. But, not even once. But we did say something inaccurate on the Thanksgiving episode, which is I was giving numbers for how many people would be traveling, and you said, "Whoa, is this on Thanksgiving Day?" 
in quote, Jesse Dollimore. And I said... That was a great impression. Thank I, you. I said yes. And um, You should get into doing impressions because that was fucking Too fan- late. Already doing it. You just fantastic. heard it. You just heard it. <laughs> I said yes, and that is not true. It was like a... The week of. A 12-day window oh, or something. Okay. Yeah. But no one caught it. Probably because no one cares. You were you were beside yourself. Like, you wanted me to go back and edit it. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I was absolutely horrified that that happened. Right. Because I take it very seriously that we are accurate on this show. Yeah, listen. If we say shit that's wrong on the show, then, you know, call us out. Do, do what uh, Mike... The new mailman. Let's just say Mike the mailman, please. Mike the because mailman. the other person who is a mailman is no longer a feature on this show. So Mike the mailman. That's him. You're it. You're it, buddy. You are it. <laughs> All right. Next up, Jim the non-mailman in Texas. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. It is Jim in Houston. And it's been a while, but I've been I've been really troubled and feeling really alone in these thoughts and hope maybe this is fodder for some conversation, but this last couple of weekends, watching the senator from Louisiana, Kennedy, interact with Chris Wallace and then interact with Chuck Todd, and just listening to these two perspectives, the interviewer and the senator, they're having two different conversations. Chuck Todd and Chris Wallace are asking him questions. He's answering a different question. This divide between us, this is not going to get better. There's a bumper sticker or a saying or something that says, the same people that think that Donald Trump is a Christian thought Barack Obama was a Muslim. If, in fact, those two things are as true as they seem, there's no reconciliation. If you think that Barack Obama was half as evil as I think Donald Trump is, we have no common ground of communication. There's nothing around which we can coalesce, because those are two diametrically and utterly opposed points of view. What are we going to do? Um, all right, you guys. Thanks. Thanks for being there. Happy holidays, and hopefully we'll get through this. It's going to be a rough year. I, I, I want to say that I gave it my best effort to really pay attention to what was being said there, but as soon as I heard Jackie Wilson playing in the background, it was very difficult for me to pay attention. Is that who that was? Yeah. Which, thank you for listening to very good music. Thank you. It reminds me of old radio show talk shows would be like, ah, turn down your radio. Yeah. It's like <laughs> the first time we ever had to be like, ah, turn. Oh, you're just, just a voicemail. Yeah. Listen, I. Uh, you're on to something there, Jim. It, it is uh, a disheartening situation that there are so many people who have been sucked so deeply into misinformation that they're willing to believe Barack Obama was not born in the United States, that Barack Obama was a Muslim, a secret Muslim. Like, like that's something you can keep secret in a post-9-11 world when, when America went nutty about, about Islam. Well, that's also, <laughs> it, it sounds ridiculous when you say it, that people believe he's a secret Muslim, as though that is like some nefarious thing, right? That he's a, a different type of yeah. religious yeah, orientation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, even saying it, you're right. It, it is. It, it's just strange to hear. It, it presupposes uh, uh, some something sinister, even the fact that that he would be a Muslim. Right, yeah. 
What was extremely difficult about listening to John Kennedy make the rounds, and he was all over. I think Jim was referencing Chuck Todd and someone else. Oh, Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace, for sure. That yeah. John Kennedy had talked to. He was also on with Chris Cuomo. Right. When, and back down, backed away from it with Chris, Chris Cuomo. Ooh. Oh, no, no. That's the time he came back. and Because he apologized with Chris Todd. And then came back on with Chris Cuomo, Chuck Todd, goddamn, and uh, and kind of brought it back. I think he was actually on with Chris Cuomo, and he said, "You don't know. It could it could have been anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been anybody, right?" And then he came back on with Chris Cuomo, I think the next day, and said, yeah, I wasn't right about that. I'm going to apologize. And then Chris Cuomo was like, yeah, but why are you like, I appreciate that you did that. We we rarely hear people in power admit that they were wrong and, and, and say that they said the wrong thing. Thank you for doing that. But let's talk a little bit about where you went wrong with this. And John Kennedy started going backward yeah. and defending why he said it. Well, here's here's the strange thing that these are the times we live in that that a a respected I'm saying that in quotes here, but you know he's a United States senator, and these people know all they have to do is go on Fox News and say whatever crazy shit they need to say that's red meat to the base. And then they can go on the normal, regular news networks and back away from their comments because the damage has already been done the first time that they spoke on Fox. I I don't think that we were just specific with the claims that that he was making. So I just want to yeah, sure, cl- clarify that because I, I just realized that, that maybe we weren't clear. When he came on to apologize, he said, quote, I was wrong. It was Russia who tried to hack the DNC computer. I've seen no indication that Ukraine tried to do it. So he was coming out challenging his previous statement saying, well, we don't know if it was Russia. We don't know. That's just an opinion. That's an opinion that's floating around. And then he backtracked. But again, like I said, once he was challenged to really go into why he was actually saying that, he didn't seem super apologetic anymore. He almost slipped back into it. He really did. Yeah. So it's just really disturbing the degree to which Donald Trump has power over these people. And by these people, I mean Republicans. (laughs) You mean idiots. I don't know when things are going to change around here, but I'm hoping... They're cowards. They're political cowards. Soon. Yeah. That would be great. So uh, listen, Jim, it, it is disheartening, but here's the deal. And it's a bummer that the the onus is on you, but you're going to have to, if you give up hope, then you are hopeless. And that's not helping anyone. Because if you are hopeless, you're without hope, then what what's the fucking point? Then what's the point of listening to this show or watching the news or giving a fuck or voting or anything? If you're hopeless, we always need to to be striving to make people better, to change people's minds who are thinking incorrectly. When you can. When you can. Anyway, thank you both for the calls. We appreciate it very much. We'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it. 
at dollamore.com. Your voicemails are the things that help us in, in our mission here of moving the conversation forward. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Barbara. Barbara. Barbara, we would like to thank you so much for being our latest Patreon supporter. We would like to thank all of our Patreon supporters, those who are new, those who have been around for years. And yes. That's awesome. There there, are those. There are those who have been around for years. Thank you so much. We would also like to thank the people who have donated recently on PayPal. Also, those of you who are knowingly enriching Jeff Bezos and just a tiny little bit us as well. Well, listen. By shopping at dollamore.com slash Amazon. It is. We are in the holiday season, the gift buying season. We are. And if you insist upon shopping on Amazon and continuing to enrich Jeff Bezos, then uh, you might as well go to dollamore.com slash Amazon, buy what you're going to buy, and then Jeff Bezos has to give us a little bit of the money that he would get. So you're actually taking money out of his pockets if you're going to shop there anyway. I'm not advocating that you do so. But if you've made up your mind and you have the prime and it's a good deal because of shipping or whatever, then, uh, you know, mm-hmm. then why not? We're help, so honest. Why not help your favorite show filled with the news and the and the and the movie, the conversation forward and the and the endless honesty as well. Oh, so much honesty. Mm. We love it. All right. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And uh, you're the best. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So remember the days when Donald Trump used to talk about all the time that uh, they're laughing at us all across the world. They're laughing at us with Barack Obama as president. We're a laughing stock. America isn't what it used to be anymore. It was always a weird thing to say anyway, right? Yeah. Number one, it's not the case. But number two, it's just a weird place to go. Not for an egomaniac, I guess, because that's kind of how he measures his worth. Yeah. Is how other people are responding to him, how much attention he's getting, whether or not people believe or think he's a fool. That's how he measures oh, his yeah. own opinion of himself. He's a, he's he's uh, fixated on it. Right. It's not about how he feels internally. He doesn't allow that to guide how he feels. It's... Do other people approve yeah, of me? Yeah. Have I bamboozled them enough that they believe in me? Yes. So that very thing happened to Donald Trump this last week when he was in England and uh, at this NATO meeting of nations. And uh, it didn't go well. This kind of turned into a whole fiasco. So what I'm going to play for you is Sky News, which is kind of the Fox News of Britain. It is... It is certainly the, the the a more conservative outlet, TV outlet there. And uh, I wanted to play what the foreigners are kind of thinking 
not an American viewpoint, but what an actual British channel, how they're broadcasting, how this went down. And uh, I wanted to give the most friendly version of what they're reporting. A united front to mark 70 years of transatlantic defense. But someone doesn't look happy on parade. <laughs> President Trump's mood may well have been soured by this video. Canada's Prime Minister caught, apparently gossiping about him, to Boris Johnson and others. The President hit back at Justin Trudeau. Well, he's too fast. Germany is too nice. And honestly, with Trudeau, he's a nice guy. I, I find him to be a very nice guy. But, you know, the truth is that uh, I called him out on the fact that he's not paying 2%. And I guess he's not very happy about it. He was referring to the amount of national income NATO members should spend on defense. Already on the naughty step, Canada's prime minister was in damage limitation mode. I think people know that the relationship between Canada and the United States is uh, deep and goes far beyond the relationship between a prime minister and a president. Uh, although I will say, as you all know, we have a, a very good and constructive relationship between me and the president. Britain's prime minister appeared unaware of the viral video. You've been pictured um, in this Buckingham Palace reception with Prime Minister Trudeau and others, apparently having a joke, uh, maybe at Mr. Trump's expense. Do you not take President Trump seriously? No, no, no. That's, that's, that's complete nonsense. Uh, and I, I don't know where that's come from. The spat chilled the birthday atmosphere at this golf resort in Watford. It came after rows yesterday between President Trump and France's Emmanuel Macron. But there were reasons to celebrate. Turkey's president backed down from a threat to block a plan for Baltic defences. And in a declaration, leaders mentioned China for the first time, saying it poses challenges and opportunities. The NATO chief sounded buoyant, despite the bad vibe. Are you not worried that these kind of public disagreements are undermining the unity of the alliance? There has been disagreements in NATO as long as this alliance has existed. We are 29 different countries from both sides of the Atlantic with different history, different geography and different political parties in power. So of course there are differences. At meetings like this, he's normally the warm-up act for the alliance's most powerful member. Not this time. I'll cancel the news. I've, I've done so many. President Trump then seemed to mock the media and his Canadian counterpart. You'll be in double digits for press conferences. It's crazy. And then you know what they'll say? He didn't do a press conference. He didn't do a press conference. Always funny when I said the guy's two faced. Ego bruised, or maybe really with nothing more to say, President Trump headed home. Clearly, this is one golf course he's not keen to hang around on. Deborah Haynes, Sky News, at the NATO meeting in Watford. So Donald Trump bailed on this NATO meeting early because he is a child whose feelings were hurt. Mm -hmm. And he was embarrassed that they talked a little shit about him on, on what should have been a private conversation because they're in this busy, busy hall. Mm -hmm. And somehow a parabolic mic or something picked him up. 
But they were talking about how he likes to that Trudeau was late to this reception because Donald Trump threw some forty-minute kickoff press conference because he loves the cameras mm-hmm. and doesn't go by how things should go. Right. And then the other thing is is uh, the comment when you hear it when you heard him and he's talking to uh, the the person and he says, "Well, he says this." That was funny when I said the guy's two-faced. That was funny when I said the guy's two-faced. He's talking to Esper, the Secretary of Defense there. Mm -hmm. But it's just hilarious that this would even come out of the President of the United States' mouth. That was funny when I said the guy's two-faced. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear hear that? It was funny when I I said that. It's really embarrassing. (laughs) Fucking child. It's truly embarrassing. Unfortunately, this is being presented in conservative media as a win for Donald Trump. You have the New York Post headline here that says foreigners mocking President Trump is a sign he's doing something right. You have (laughs) Kellyanne Conway going on Fox News saying that Justin Trudeau is just jealous of Donald Trump. Please. So this is all being spun in such a way that they're able to say, no, he's not being mocked. We're not being laughed at. They're jealous. This is a sign he's doing something right. He doesn't need their approval anyway. They just don't like how uh, brash and upfront and honest he is. All of these dumb Well, it's the only way to defend against it with an audience like Fox News is. Mm -hmm. But it, it is being viewed... And being used by Democrats yeah, to be negative. Yeah, a fantastic ad from Joe Biden's campaign really ran with this audio and they created just, it's a great campaign ad. World leaders caught on camera laughing about President Trump. Several world leaders mocking President Trump. They're laughing at him. My administration has accomplished more than almost any administration in the history of our country. Didn't expect that reaction, but that's okay. World leaders mocking and ridiculing him for being completely off balance. Allies are deeply worried about it. They say he's becoming increasingly isolated. Something is very wrong. The world sees Trump for what he is, insincere, ill-informed, corrupt, dangerously incompetent and incapable, in my view, of world leadership. And if we give Donald Trump four more years, we'll have a great deal of difficulty if ever being able to recover America's standing in the world and our capacity to bring nations together. So that is a solid, solid campaign ad. Yeah, it's a great campaign. That's a winner for Joe Biden right there. Absolutely. And he doesn't have much else to use in terms of winning. That is right. You've set me right up there. Yeah. Joe Biden didn't have the greatest week. When does Joe Biden have a good week? In Iowa, took a little Q&A, a little little town hall sesh, Mm. and was confronted by a voter who... When you at first blush, when you're hearing the guy, you're like, oh, this guy's an anti-Trump dude. He's going to kind of toss up Joe Biden a softball. I think Joe Biden also thought that thought that because he's kind of pacing around, not really on his game, not ready for a for a kind of getting smacked in the face with the frying pan moment like he ended up with. Here it is. Now, listen, I they had Joe Biden's mic very high. And this this questioner's mic very low. 
So there's going to be a moment when Joe Biden calls this guy a liar. <laughs> and that's right when the audio switched. By switched, I mean, I tried to jack up the audio level of the questioner. And then it's going to sound manipulated. It is not. 100% is not. I just tried to to boost the questioner so you can hear him a little better. But listen to this complete shit show. This is devolving into chaos right before your ears. We all know Trump uh, has been messing around in Ukraine over there, holding their foreign aid for for them to come up and say it's an investigation. We know all about that. And he's he's, uh, no backbone for that. But you, on the other hand, set your son over there. Get a job and work for a gas company that he had no experience in class or nothing. In order to get access to the public, to the president. So you're you're selling access to the president just like he is. You're a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has done that. No. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. And by the way, that's why I'm not sedentary. I don't like it up and... and, and no, let, 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 let them go. Let them go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on it, let's do push-ups together again. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take a nice No one has said my son has done anything wrong, and I did not on any occasion. And no one has ever said it. Not I didn't once. say you were doing anything wrong. I you said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? I Get your word straight, Jack. That's what I you on on don't hear that in MSNBC. You did not hear that at all. What you heard? Look, okay, I'm not going to get in an argument with you, man. Well, yeah, you do, but uh, uh, look, fat, look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. was that well first of all i don't a lot of it wasn't you got to really kind of be watching it to to understand what's happening but at one point joe biden says do you want to have a push-ups contest or an iq test yeah let me read the full quote look the reason i'm running is because i've been around a long time and i know more than most people know and i can get things done that's why i'm running and you want to check my shape man let's do push-ups together here man let's run let's do whatever you want to do let's take an iq test what who's that sound like Hmm. who who says stuff like that i know more than most people know yeah i mean he's he's dialed back more no more dialed back than obviously i'm referring to donald trump yeah a little bit you know more reasonable and 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 measured yeah i know more than most people know that's why i'm running for president donald trump just says i have the, the biggest brain I have the best words. Right. Nobody knows more about X, Y, and Z than me. Right. Joe Biden's using the same fucking thing. With the push-ups 
in the running. They want to have a race. Let's go outside and race. (laughs) Because, you know, when you have a political disagreement, the best way to settle it is a push-up fight. Yeah. Let's let's start popping and locking, bro. That's how we settle our problems here. Yeah. What the fuck is he doing? And then let me say this. And I don't expect Joe Biden to come clean about the fact that Hunter Biden... That it was wrong for him to be using his daddy's name to be doing what he was doing. And people at the State Department also believed that it was wrong that Joe Biden had Ukraine in his portfolio at the time. One of those things should not have been happening. Joe Biden should have not been in charge of Ukraine while his son was on the the board of this this uh, energy company, Burisma. You know, Hunter Biden also recently said that serving on the board of the company was, quote, poor judgment. But he also added that he did nothing wrong at all. So there is some admission well, here. Something, that, so if it wasn't illegal, doesn't mean it wasn't wrong. Right. That's yes. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, that even Hunter Biden is admitting that that was not great yeah. and saying he did nothing wrong, but that he understands why there is a reaction yeah. to it. George Kent, the one who just testified before the Intelligence Committee about Donald Trump, he went to the, the vice president's office. This was right during the time or right before or after that Bo Biden had died of cancer. And he says that that Joe Biden's staff was, they just look, he doesn't have the bandwidth for this right now. Well, then you need to give that out of your, your portfolio. If you, if, you, if you can't do your job well, mm-hmm. and it's not like you're the manager at a Taco Bell, brother. You're the vice president of the United States of America. Real things are at stake here. Ukraine is in turmoil. And because your life is in turmoil, and that's a real thing. It's a real excuse that you don't have the bandwidth because the son that you cherished and loved just died. That's a real thing. But you don't get to not be vice president well because of it. Pass that off to someone else. I just don't... I don't see the appeal, the overwhelming appeal of Joe Biden. Listen, I could see it if we didn't have a lineup of Democrats who could absolutely be fantastic presidents. From Cory Booker to Bernie to to Elizabeth Warren, even Buttigieg. (laughs) You know, I mean... I like, Biden, the, I like Bi- the qualification. Biden is, Biden is not so far heads and shoulders above everyone else that he should be running away with this fucking thing, especially when he's challenging voters to push-up contests as a way to prove or whatever that his son wasn't doing something wrong in Ukraine. Also, remember, <laughs> remember that we should also be thinking about who is going to be up against Donald Trump in the debates yes. when the candidate is selected. It's, a, it's very important. Are we going to have two nearly octogenarians, right, challenging each other to push up contests and, and like tests. bumping chests in the middle of the debate? I mean, what's going to happen here? We can't. This is no. This is, we we can't have this. It's not tenable. 
So, okay, bro, don't come at me. Yeah, exactly. We need to be thinking about how it's going to look. Yeah. Remember? And hopefully people will care more this time. I'm, I'm not sure. We'll see. But hopefully they will care more about the performance when it comes to the debates. Yeah. Because Donald Trump chasing Hillary Clinton around the stage, no one cared about that. But we'll see. Well, let's, okay. Let's do this. Let's juxtapose another campaign moment, moment in Iowa... Mm-hmm. By one of the de- by one of the other Democrats who are running for office, and let me spoiler alert: it doesn't involve race challenges or or push-up challenges or IQ tests. I was wondering if there was ever a time in your life where somebody you really looked up to um, maybe didn't accept you as much, and how you dealt with that. Yeah. My mother and I had very different views of how to build a future. She wanted me to marry well. And I really tried. And it just didn't work out. And there came a day when I had to call her and say, This is over. I can't make it work. I heard the disappointment in her voice. I knew how she felt about it. But I also knew it was the right thing to do. And sometimes you just got to do what's right inside and hope that maybe the rest of the world will come around to it. And maybe they will and maybe they won't. But the truth is, got to take care of yourself first and do this. Give me a hug. She was whispering in my ear, it's okay, we've got this, we're going to get through it. She gives me a sense of hope and like she actually cares about what she's talking about versus other candidates and other politicians. They seem like they do it for the vote, but for her, it's just this gut feeling you get where it's like, no, she actually cares about what she's saying. So when I first heard this, I had to... Well, my initial reaction was a little pessimistic because I just think that oftentimes politicians, well, they know they're on stage. Yeah. And when you've been doing this for a long time, you know that you like have a gem on your hands with this question and that you have a chance to make a moment of this. Right. And I don't like doing that. Thinking about how it's calculated. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there is some calculation that goes into these situations, right? Obviously, Joe Biden is not doing enough calculation, for example. Elizabeth Warren, by the way, if you couldn't tell by the voice. Yes. Elizabeth Warren. Then I heard the young person's reaction to Elizabeth Warren's response. Because when I heard it, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm getting a genuine vibe, but I don't know how calculated the response is. I'm a cynical dick. So I kind of even like, maybe it almost seems like she's putting on the tears. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Yeah. No, not the girl. Yeah. She was like, the girl was cracking up. I mean, she really was having an emotional moment. Right. And it seemed like Elizabeth Warren, a little bit like the crack in the voice didn't seem genuine. I I don't know if that's me or, 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 or what, but that's what I'm saying. I know that I am 
You're like me, especially about politics. Yeah, I'm just suspicious. And then I heard the young person's reaction to Elizabeth Warren's response. And I'm going to take her word for it that standing in that room across from Elizabeth Warren, hearing Elizabeth Warren's response to that question, getting a hug from her, having a, a close personal connection with her, felt genuine, felt yeah. meaningful, and that she felt heard. So I'm I'm going to ignore <laughs> my feelings. <laughs> and, Your cynicism. And go with hers because it was her question. Yeah, well, it was also... The 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 response and the emotion was directed to her. The right. energy was in her direction, not for us. Yeah, I think that that's probably a better and more concise way to say everything I was just like saying I, for two minutes. <laughs> I don't think I did that great a job, but thank you. You did such a good job. Wow. But I I loved the question because I'm sure many people are in that situation. And I I did appreciate Elizabeth Warren's response because this is really what this should be about, right? Bringing more human elements into these conversations and hearing the human experiences that people have been through. Yeah, We don't want someone in a position of power who doesn't understand what it is to struggle in whatever way that means, whether it be financially or with their being accepted by people that they care about, right? All of these things tell us and paint a picture of somebody and tell us about their character. So I think these moments are important, even if they are (laughs) a calculation on the part of the campaign so that we can get a better glimpse of the character of these candidates. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking that I, and I also think that as I stumble and stammer through my fucking, you know, it's not like I talk for a living (laughs) that, that I, I believe it's important for all of us to do that where it relates to all of these candidates too, not just like, look, Elizabeth Warren right now is my candidate. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And I also still had that thing trigger in my mind. Right. Uh, seems a little fake. Yes. At first. Yeah, yeah. And even now, I'm like, uh, still, I struggle. So even the person that I'm supporting, I'm being critical of. Right. Well, and sometimes I think that can even be an overcorrection. Sometimes I notice that oh, I will do I that see. myself yeah. where I, I think to myself, okay, this is your particular bias. And then sometimes I think I do an overcorrection yeah. to account for that bias. But but what, but further, let's, let's take it full circle. When I freaked out about, um, what's his name from the Young Turks? I can't think of his fucking name again. Jank? No, Hassan Piker. Oh, mm-hmm. That's his name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, doing his little dance and like uh, Pete did it for the resume. Went to right. Afghanistan for the resume. Right. It's I'm not even a, a Pete fan, but come on, let's be let's try to be charitable about all of this. Mm-hmm. There are times where I'm charitable to Joe Biden. <laughs> times. Yeah, but not but when also, he's threatening to do a push yeah, up. But contest. you know, when when it's obvious, like what the fuck is going on here? I'm gonna call us, you know, call it out. Anyway. We'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Next up, I want to talk about this fucking fiasco that has become the impeachment inquiry process. As you know, as you well know, 
as I hope you well know, the hearings have moved from the Intelligence Committee. Doesn't mean they're done with their investigation. But they have moved in, moved on with the process, and now they are with the Judiciary Committee, which is chaired by Jerry Nadler, congressman from New York City. They wrote a draft summary. I've got a copy of it here. The Trump-Ukraine impeachment inquiry report. It is 300 pages. Report of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence pursuant to HRES 660 in consultation with the House Committee on Oversight and Reform and the House Committee on Foreign Affairs, December, 19, de- December 2019. In it, we found out not just that which we learned during the hearings with Bill Taylor and the rest of the gang. We also learned that the ranking member, Devin Nunes, has been in contact not just with Rudy Giuliani, but with Rudy Giuliani's under-investigation clients, Parnas, Lev Parnas, and Igor Fruman, among other things. But it is not looking good for the Republican side of this. The House Intelligence Committee's impeachment report is out, and if you thought you already knew everything that would be in it, well, there's more. The committee voted to adopt it tonight, as expected, along party lines. The bottom line of the report is this, quote, The impeachment inquiry has found that President Trump, personally and acting through agents within and outside the U.S. government, solicited the interference of a foreign government, Ukraine, to benefit his election, or his re-election, I should say. That's the part that we expected. What we didn't know was that the report would cite newly revealed hard evidence, phone records, making it clear that this is not merely about that phone call the president made on July 25th, during which he asked Ukraine's president to investigate the Bidens and that conspiracy theory absolving Russia in the 2016 election, nor is it only about withholding military aid and a White House meeting as pressure. Instead, these new phone records put all of that into a time frame and potentially expose a plan or a scheme, call it what you will, stretching back months involving many of the president's closest allies, including none other than Congressman Devin Nunes, who is the ranking Republican on the Intelligence Committee, who for months has attacked the investigation and, as you know, spent much of the hearings trash-talking them. So as you listen to this, him trash-talking the very hearings he's uh, overseeing or partly overseeing, remember that. So I'm going to pause it there. And the next thing you're going to hear is 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 Devin Nunes bad mouth in the committee. Brittany, would you open since this is on the fly, and I'm would you open that PBS link I sent to our Facebook group where we save our messages? Sure. There are call logs in this article that we'll post to the Facebook page that in April, and it's not just that it's not just that Devin Nunes had a conversation with Rudy Giuliani, or that he had a conversation with Lev Parnas once. When you see the series of calls on each one of these days in an order, it is alarming because it is obvious that something is being coordinated, that that one person gets off the phone with the other and then calls. April 10th, 2019, noon, 35-second call, Rudy Giuliani to Devin Nunes. Ten minutes later, 
Devin Nunes calls Rudy Giuliani back. Seconds later. Oh, that was zero. Uh, Devin Nunes calls Rudy Giuliani back. Connects. Next uh, is unknown to Rudy Giuliani. 12-12, Rudy Giuliani to Devin Nunes. Back and forth and back and forth, like five different calls. Then there's Rudy Giuliani texting the White House. Them texting back. Rudy Giuliani texting this Office of Management and Budget number. There is, there is, it, it is a, a clear pattern of individuals working back and forth between White House, Devin Nunes, Rudy Giuliani, Lev Parnas. This is not good. It, it, I, they may claim it's just innocent. Oh, we're just going to have dinner. I'm just looking for some advice because he's America's mayor. There was also a Dash One phone number that they can't really identify. And according to this NPR article, they weren't able to confirm the identity of that person. However, there is, quote, circumstantial evidence that it could be Donald Trump. Yeah. And this is Adam Schiff, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, telling the New York Times that it appears as if some of the calls with Dash One involved Trump, but that the committee is working, quote, to find out definitively. Yes. So so they're 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 coordinating with one another while Devin Nunes, who's supposed to be actually investigating and going into this um, with an investigator's hat on. That he is actually obstructing, finding ways for Donald Trump to then coordinate and and post information on Twitter as a way to obstruct, as a way to to obfuscate during the course of the investigation. Well, and all this was primarily to remove Yovanovitch. Yes. The ambassador to At Ukraine. This particular time frame, yes. Right, and extort Ukraine by conditioning the $391 million in security assistance. But also, they are talking about how getting to that Dash 1 phone number is going to be critical because, quote... It could bring Trump not just deeply into this effort to extort Ukraine, but could show he's the director and producer and star of the show. Yes. It could put Trump right at the head, the person leading this conspiracy. And that would be obstruction. So keeping all of that in mind, like Anderson said, now that you have a little bit more information, here's Devin Nunes during the impeachment hearings saying things that he knows to be patently false. This is a carefully orchestrated media smear campaign. What you've seen in this room over the past two weeks is a show trial. The witnesses deemed suitable for television by the Democrats were put through a closed-door audition process in a cult-like atmosphere in the basement of the Capitol? Well, it is a partisan adventure, and it's not a real impeachment the way that impeachment process has worked the other times it's been used. What have they delivered? The impeachment version of three-card Monte. Notorious short con card trick where the mark, in this case, President Trump and the American public, stands no chance of winning. Congressman Nunes is all over this report and not in a good way. Instead, according to Democrats, call records obtained by the committee from our parent company, AT&T, link Congressman Nunes to a, quote, coordinated effort by associates of President Trump to push false narratives publicly about the ambassador to, the, to Ukraine at the time and the Bidens. 
That alleged effort, according to the report's timeline, included Nunes, a former reporter for The Hill named John Solomon, the president's TV lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, and his contact, Lev Parnas. The call records, which, again, we didn't know about until this afternoon, are important because they anchor the timeline at certain key points, including the smear campaign against then-Ambassador Marie Ivanovich. Now, records cited in the report show that in the 48 hours before a March 20th uh, opinion piece by Solomon attacking the ambassador, Solomon and Parnas spoke at least half a dozen times as well again for 11 minutes on the 20th. Shortly thereafter, President Trump plugged that story in a tweet. Rudy Giuliani also turns up in early May as plans for a dirt-gathering mission to Ukraine became known. Phone records showing him speaking on May 8th to someone at the White House, also to Solomon, Parnas, and a staffer for Congressman Nunes. Now, the next day, Giuliani also spoke with Solomon, Parnas, and the White House. That evening, he went on Fox to peddle the Biden smear. It's a big story. It's a dramatic story. And I guarantee you, Joe Biden will not get to Election Day without this being investigated. Not because I want to see him investigated. This is collateral to what I was doing. Phone records also show Giuliani speaking to someone at the Office of Management and Budget, Budget, which testimony has tied to the hold on military assistance to Ukraine. Now, as for Congressman Nunes himself, phone records cited in the report show contacts between him, Giuliani, Parnas, and Solomon after a Solomon article on April 7th. Again, this is the ranking member on a committee overseeing the executive branch. The president's personal attorney has now indicted alleged bagman and a journalist pushing smears. And this is months before the president's call with Ukraine's president. Months before. As today's impeachment report states, it's all part of the same alleged plan or scheme to squeeze political favors out of Ukraine. And now we know there are these phone records. We, of course, asked Congressman Nunes to come on the broadcast. He declined. Sinan's Manarajo also gave him a chance to comment. Congressman, is your reaction to being named in the report, sir? So that happened. Rudy Giuliani, who's seldom at a loss for words, also declined to comment. President Trump, who's in London for NATO meetings, spoke shortly before the report came out, saying this about Chairman Schiff when asked about Republican plans to call him as an impeachment witness. I think he's a maniac. I think Adam Schiff is a deranged human being. I think he grew up with a complex for lots of reasons that are obvious. I think he's a very sick man. And he lies. Those are the actual words of a president of the United States. That is now how presidents talk. Not like Nixon, drunk late at night, ranting on a tape recording in broad daylight, on camera. No one seems to bat an eye. And I think it's because of the sheer volume of stupidity that comes out of the White House. Yeah. That it is difficult to keep up with all of the stories. It is difficult to keep up with all of the chaos and terror. That is exactly (laughs) what it is, too. It is chaos and terror. But that's part of what we try to do here, right, is highlight what we think is the most important stuff to talk about. Sure. And this story is certainly important. I mean, if we listen, if we if this was like a like a drive time morning talk show or whatever, the, I don't know why I'm doing a wacky morning zoo DJ voice. But, you know, if this was a, a two hour a day news and comment show. We could cover all of the different things. We, we really do have to, to make a concerted effort to pick the things that we think are most excitable, most important 
of all of the news because of the breakneck pace of news. Right. And this impeachment thing is... I don't know how they're going to handle this. I don't know how because it is, as with many things in the Trump era, completely unprecedented that now the ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee is implicated with these individuals who are under investigation by the Southern District of New York, the federal prosecutors in New York City, as is Rudy Giuliani. I mean, it is just bizarre. It is bizarre. And it's I, this is one of the reasons why, and many people disagree, and it's okay that we disagree about this, this is why we need to slow down the impeachment process. Why are we at a full fucking sprint to get something done by Christmas? When at every turn we're finding out something new that we need to bear down and investigate and get to the bottom of. Because as new things are learned, the, the American people come a little bit more our way in approving of impeachment, in agreeing with impeachment. And ultimately, it's public opinion that is going to sway Senate opinion. And it is Senate opinion that this whole thing hinges on. So there's no need to be in some kind of a foot race like Joe Biden wants with the voters. Take our time. Investigate this properly. I think far more people will be implicated and brought down as a result. We'd love to know what you think. Again, one more time, the phone number is 657-464-7609. Of course, we accept voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Taking care of biz. Some fifth grade students in Utah. All right. They were in their classroom. They had a substitute. The substitute teacher asked them, what are you thankful for this year? Very much like we did to the listeners just last week. And you got the typical responses. Some said they were thankful for mashed potatoes. Can't really blame them. Super tasty. Super delicious. Depends on how they're made, but yeah. Another girl Generally. said another girl said she was thankful for her dog. Can't blame her either. Dogs are precious and beautiful and fantastic. Dogs are good. Uh, another kid said he was happy he didn't have to go to school over the holiday. Pretty fucking fantastic. Little jokester there. <laughs> And then someone said, one of the children said, quote, I'm thankful that I'm finally going to be adopted by my two dads. Okay. Utah, you said. Yeah. Hmm. Very lovely. Very serious. Yeah. Heartfelt. I right? mean, that's, that's, uh, that's as real as it gets. And instead of thinking, wow, what a powerful moment for this child. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to step in as the adult in the room and be supportive of this child. This substitute teacher instead said, quote, why on earth would you be happy about that? 
And for the next 10 minutes, she lectured the kids in the class about her own views on how homosexuality is wrong, end quote, and how two men living together is a sin. She looked at the boy and told him, that's nothing to be thankful for. That's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. It's more than prick shit, yeah, I would say. Goddamn. So three girls stood up for the kid and said multiple times. Students. Yeah, they asked her yeah. to stop multiple times. And then when she didn't, because she continued this lecture for like 10 minutes, they said, they walked out to get the principal. So the students, the fifth grade girls, stood up to the authority figure in the room. Yeah. And then when she wouldn't stop. Right. They went to a higher authority. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so impressive. Yeah, it's awesome. You think about like 30 kids being in this room, right? And these three... In Utah, right. by the way. And these three kids decided, this is not right. Yeah. This is not stopping. We need to stop this. And yeah. they figured out a way to get it done. Now, the thing about the substitute is that something must be wrong with her. I mean, more more, <laughs> more so than we yeah, already understand. Sure. Because as she was being escorted out of the building, she was still arguing, like trying to make her point about the sinful nature. Yeah. I mean, that's someone who believes her delusion, her bullshit. Evidently, she also tried to blame the the, the child for like bringing this whole thing on. Oh, that, yeah. that it's his fault yeah, that she went off. Of course it's his fault. Right? Yeah. How dare he want a stable life with loving parents who adopt him? This was the most heartbreaking part of the article to me. Quote, the Van Amstel's son, that's the name of the family that is adopting the child, whom they asked to identify only as DM because his adoption process is not final, told his dads that he understood what the substitute was saying to him. DM said he didn't speak up, though, because he has had two failed adoptions before Wow! and didn't want his dads to rethink their decision with his final court hearing coming up on December 19th. Quote, he was so fearful that this could make us think that we don't want to adopt him, Van Amstel said, trying not to cry. That's definitely not going to happen. But this situation really hurt him. This person really hurt us. Yeah, that woman... With no regard for the feelings and the what could be permanent damage done to this kid. Went on her fucking superstitious idiot rant in a classroom full of impressionable sponges. Yeah. Some- Children who are just there to learn. Absolutely. It's 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 absolutely horrifying. Although this is the taking care of biz segment. Remember school did the right thing. We said teachers did the right the the, the, the school did the right thing. Right. We said we were gonna try to elevate the taking care of biz segment to not be a segment where we bitch about things, but instead try to talk about the positive yeah, you're right. aspects. You're right. But here I go talking about more of the negative aspects of the story because what in the hell is going on in Utah? Apparently there's like little state code that regulates substitute teaching in utah yeah like there's no mandatory training required um i i I don't really know anytime you you have a not just a public facing job but a children facing job 
you should have more than just a background check. You you should have training. Yeah. So there should the, be requirements. There should be regulations about what you can and can't say. So a director of law and professional practices at the Utah State Board of Education said that individual school districts are, quote, encouraged to have their own policies. And according to this Salt Lake Tribune article, the only statewide mandates are that schools can't hire teachers as substitutes if they have had their teaching license suspended or revoked. In fact, a substitute Institute doesn't have to have a license at all, though preference should be given to those who do. Hmm. <laughs> the other requirement is that the applicant must pass a background check, like you just talked yeah, about yeah. before being hired. Other than that, yeah, this person said it's pretty flexible for schools. So she could be like a sister wife of somebody who just hates the gays. I mean, it's just, it's alarming. I'm so happy, though, that they did do the right thing once those girls stood up and that they escorted her out. Yeah, that, that's the best thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not the best thing, but it's certainly up there. That they didn't even fuck around, sit her down in the office. They just said, get your coat, dumbass. We're going. You're getting out of here. They just escorted her off school grounds. Yeah, which is what needs to be done. I mean, everyone in that classroom needs to see that. They need They need yeah. to see that, the, the consequences there. And this child needed to see that show of support as well. It's not going to help everything, right? It's not going to solve the trauma of what happened, but it is going to be a positive thing yeah. that he can reflect on that people took up for him. Yeah. And that the principal came in there and removed this hateful person. But justice was served. Yeah. Something good did come of this. Relatively immediately. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> and you know, kudos to those kids again. Absolutely. Fantastic. They, so that is taking care of biz. That's positive. Sometimes yeah. you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. We're taking the good with the bad, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we are going to end it there. We will see you next time. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. We love your submissions for these types of stories as well. Also, email your voice memos to us from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for helping us move the conversation forward all the time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It.